I think maybe, do you want to sort of frame it as like, we've been talking about how to proceed because to say nothing is wrong. Right. Uh, because we care about what's going on and we recognize that we need to do more as an industry, as individuals, and as producers of this podcast. Yep. We don't want to take up a lot of your time. We want yeah. to share a lot of resources with you. And we each want to say a takeaway that each one of us has from the past week. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Okay, that'll work. I mean, maybe it's just, I um, mean, we each have something we want to say, I think. Yeah. And we should just say it. Yeah. Welcome to Tone Benders. My name is Rene Coronado, and with me today, as always, it's Timothy Muirhead. Hey, Tim. Hey, Rene. And we've got Teresa Morrow. Hey, Teresa. Hi, Rene. So this is not going to be an episode about audio. This is going to be about the things that are happening in the world and about specifically the Black Lives Matter movement and the um, the police response to it. We're going to keep this short. Um but it really does seem like we have a responsibility as people with a platform to step forward um, and, and just let people know where we're at. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a scary thing for us to talk about because we're not experts on this. We're just going to kind of go through our feelings and our thoughts. As Renee said, we have a platform and uh, we don't want to be accused of uh, taking up too much space when we're not the people you should be listening to about these things. But also we want to make sure that it's known that uh, we're not trying to just sit this one out and let it float by. So I guess I'll say for myself that, you know, everything that I'm going to say here is my own personal thoughts and opinions. It doesn't reflect uh, anybody that I work for or work with. This is uh, this is just me as far as whatever comes out of my mouth right now. Um. First off, I want to come out in full support of Black Lives Matter. I, I think you can't say all lives matter until you can say Black Lives Matter. And I think you can't say Black Lives Matter until you actually see justice for George Floyd and Breonna Tanner and Tamir Rice and Eric Gagnier and Philando Castile. And here in Dallas, Sandra Bland, Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Atantia Jefferson, um, these are all black people that were killed by the police here in the town that I live in. And Dallas has a, a long and sordid history of that kind of thing. Me and Tim are in Canada, and the issues are different, but not non-existent in Canada. Uh, I think the issue of um, police interactions with communities of color in Canada is more centered on Indigenous communities. And in the last week, we've had police-involved killings. Um, most recently, Chantelle Moore was shot dead during a wellness check, uh, and there is a litany of names, and there has never been very good accountability in Canada as well. So Canada is definitely not in any way immune to accusations of the same sorts of issues that you guys are experiencing in the United States. Well, in a world with video cameras everywhere, if the police felt like there would be consequences, they would 
be behaving differently. But it's so brazen, that's what makes it so upsetting. Well, millions of things make it very upsetting. But the brazenness, knowing that uh, Floyd was being videotaped that whole time and the police were just like, I'll, I'll get away with this, it's not an issue. And that brazenness continues to the protests. Definitely. As, as the police across the all 50 states of America are really attacking peaceful protesters with deadly force, unprovoked, you know, counter to the laws in America. It's really disgusting to see happen over and over and over again this past week. It's sad, but it's also creating a moment. There's, there's something happening out there right now. Things are changing. We're recording this on Sunday, and a lot of things happened on Sunday. The City Council of Minneapolis voted to disband their police force. The op-ed editor of the New York Times, who commissioned a really, really, really bad racist piece from Tom Cotton in the op-ed section, um, was forced to resign. The protests are huge, and they're global. But it's important for people that are going to go out there and participate to be careful. You're doing important work. You're doing good work. You're actually getting things done. Um, but we recognize the risks. We're going to put a couple resources up on the website. So we've got some links on how to be good allies um, that are going to be up on the website. We're going to have some links on how to protest safely and how to protect your identity um, when you're up there. What other kinds of things are we need up there? That list that you sent has been growing and people have been adding to it and such. We didn't pick these. These are curated by people smarter than us. Well, and um, let's address that a little bit. Um, you know, this podcast does not have an, an amazing track record of, of bringing black people on to, to talk audio. And some of that stems from the fact that we only have limited personal relationships with, you know, black people in the industry. And I would say that's on us, right? And so that's on us to be better, right? Um, Definitely. One thing that we wanted to be very mindful of is to not do any kind of tokenism. As the one Hispanic that was hanging out among all the white people in West Texas when I was growing up, I, I grew up as a token. I know what that's like, and I'm, and I'm glad that you know we, we're all of the headspace to not participate in that. I've I've got I've been proactively working at least on my in my Twitter world, and you know you can have relationships on Twitter. It's fun, <laughs> and and um, there's some really interesting people out there to uh, to chat with, and to sometimes it's just follow, and then once when they say something interesting, just respond back, and then before you know it, you guys are buddies. Tim Tim, where are you at? Like, what what are your thoughts with regards to? the podcast in this moment and our audience in this moment and the work in this moment? Well, I am trying to... What what I'm trying to do right now is kind of shut up and listen because, uh, as we said earlier, I do most of the booking for the podcast. And uh, we've even talked about it on the show. On our 100th episode, we talked about how we haven't had enough uh, faces of color on the podcast and uh, it's something that we have to get better at. But uh, I feel like the best thing that I can do is let it be known that I support everything that Renee said. I could say it again. But uh, and it's kind of sit, shut up and listen to people because there's a lot of things happening that I think we need to listen to and understand that are now being talked about. And that's why there's momentum and, you know, step aside and let the people that aren't able to normally speak have the floor. But at the same time, you mentioned earlier, Renee, uh, all lives matter. That's something that makes me crazy <laughs> when people say all lives matter. Like it, 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 
it seems so infantile. Like if my son falls off his bike and is hurt and I pick him up and I tell him how much I love him, my four-year-old daughter doesn't get upset because I'm not paying attention to her and saying I love her. Like it's clear that attention needs to be paid over here right now. And saying Black Lives Matter is not diminishing anyone else. It's saying let's make sure that these people are taken care of. To come out and say all lives matter seems so tone deaf and uh, entitled and just like it, it makes me cringe in such a way that I just want to curl into a ball and cry because I can't, you know, I don't have the energy to, to go through my entire Facebook feed and yell at everybody. Uh, but I want to. Can I rant and, about that for a second? Yes, please I do. Have, please do. I have a take on all, all lives matter. And to me, anybody who uh, comes back with all lives matter, what it, like what's in their mind, right? I, I think people who say that the idea of saying black lives matter bothers them because in some recess of their mind, they find that a threatening statement. They feel threatened by black people taking power. And, and I don't buy at all that people are just saying, I love everybody. I, I think an interesting perspective on that, though, is so I was listening to the interview with uh, with Taneishi Coates that Ezra Klein did on his podcast. And Taneishi Coates was actually very hopeful about this moment. And the reason he's got a lot of hope as somebody that has studied history is that he feels this is very, very different from 1968. In America in 1968, you know, there were massive, you know, protests and and you know that was the year in which Martin Luther King was killed, and that was the year in which the Equal Rights Protection Act um, passed in the United States. And he feels more hopeful about now than he did about then. And the reason is because there are more – there is a diverse allyship right now that did not exist in 1968. There are more people now that recognize it and that get it and that are behind it than there ever were ever in the history of this particular country. Um, in the history of the United States, I should say. It's hard for me to say that when I'm looking at the two of you in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the, the ideas around allyship are more complex and deeper and better thought out than maybe they were in the past. And that, that the idea that white supremacy is something we can say out loud without like people freaking out uh, uh, that's, that's different. And, and then that's, can be a very productive thing. So that's, that's a place of hope. There, there are real things happening. There's a real sense of this is, this feels different right now. And it felt different before anyway, because the other broader context of this is a global pandemic and a massive recession. And in America, 40 million unemployed, a hundred thousand dead. You know, and, and, and in the midst of that, this massive movement, people putting their lives on the line to even go protest and demonstrate and have their voices heard, it's inspirational. It really is. You look at, you look at the crowds and it's inspirational. And um, I think that's, that's the place to leave this for now. Um, you also have to consider if it wasn't a global pandemic, the crowds would be five, six times the size. Because there's a lot of people that want to be out there protesting, but feel because of sick people in their lives or yep. uh, work situations that they can't be out there protesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot to learn, a lot of reading to do, a lot of learning to do. Um, we're an audio podcast. Uh, so but we, we will eventually have to move on and do audio things. Well, you know, uh, when, when you say audio things, like I thought about this a lot today, like how as a person who specializes in audio can think about what's going on right now. And to me, it's all about listening, like um, careful listening. That's kind of what we build our lives around. And that's what like white people basically need to do is shut up and listen. Uh, and it's also white people's time to act. Like it's our time to do the work. Absolutely. In terms of our podcast, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we're, I don't know, we're not an institution, but we're an organization. Um, I just want to let people know that we are having conversations about how we can not just talk about it, not just put our voices into the air, but how we can actually be influential, use this, this some, you know, very narrow leverage that we have as a podcast to help redress the imbalance of voices of people of color in uh, our industry in general. It's a scary thing. We're, we're putting ourselves out there um, a little bit, but it's an important thing to do. And lots of people have been doing way scarier things for a lot longer. Yeah, and we're we're not doing we're not doing a great job. Like we're not good at talking about this. It's super uncomfortable. Uh, we're afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing and putting it in the wrong words. And a, a point I was making earlier to you guys was uh, a feeling I have right now about how to live is that uh, people like us have to get comfortable with the idea that we're doing it wrong. And that it's just important that we be involved and also we be receptive to criticism of how we're doing it. That's really, it's really important attitude to have and not just to like kind of go back and hide back under the rock and being like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't say anything because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. Like, and, and that's a, that's a, a principle that we've talked about in other ways in work. Like we, we talk about how to do a good job as a sound designer or any, any kind of job in sound, uh, is that you, you can't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, if you're afraid to make mistakes and you can't take criticism, then you will not learn and you will not make anything worthwhile. And I think that's just a principle for living. And I would apply that to ourselves in this moment. Yeah, for sure. You know, we, we inevitably have just stacks of blind spots that we're unaware of, you know, the only way I'm going to learn and get better is to, is to pay attention and to put myself out there and allow myself to be corrected, um, or at least, uh, observed. Um, you know, so well said, um, the next podcast we're going to put out there is still going to relate to the current moment, but it's going to be more about, um, the pandemic than it will be about the movement at the moment. We, we got together with Al Circuit and did a little collage of the recordings of ambient isolation that everyone, you know, made when lockdown, especially at the earliest part of lockdown. And it'll be a good kind of reset to put out there because it's got a lot of silence and calmness and stillness and, and things to listen to in it. That'll be the next thing we go and put out there. One thing I'd like to say uh, that does actually uh, 
relate to the sound community is that I've seen a lot of things on social media of, uh, you know, we're all sound people. So when things happen that are going to make an interesting sound, a lot of times we jump at that. But I don't want to see in the next month or two or six months, a bunch of people putting up protest libraries that they're charging money for. If yeah. you're if you're out there recording, that's great. Use it to document and hopefully you can help someone out that's being wrongly accused of something with the sounds you're recording. But if you're going to try and share those sounds, show some class and make sure that any monetary gain is sent to charity and you're not doing this, you know, don't try and make a buck out of this is what I'm saying. So everybody show some class out there, okay? Yeah, it's yeah, keep that in mind, everybody. Go record it catch it and then be very careful with what you do with it. So I think what we want as a summation of what we've talked about is we want it known that we, uh, as a collective tone benders, we support black lives matter. We're working to be better in how we go about with that support. And, uh, we're going to have a list of, uh, things you can read that has been sourced by people smarter than us that are going to, it's going to be on the webpage for this episode. So please take some time to go there because something, this is one of my pet peeves, young people enter the industry, something happens. I ask them to help me fix it. And they're like, it's not my fault. I didn't do that. That's not my fault. And you know, it's not your fault, but it's your problem. And this is all of our problem. You know, whether you feel culpable or not, you have to educate yourself and you have to find a way to make this better in whatever small or large way you can. It's all of our problems.